hey, if you've got questions about your body and all the goodness that goes on inside of it, then you're in the right place. This is Not So Private Parts, a girl and her gyno mom. I'm Janice Elster-Poulos, and I'm the gyno mom. I am a urogynecologist, and I happen to be the mother of Valerie Elser. And I'm Val, and I have zero qualifications in women's health, but I am one very curious lady who happens to have an open-minded mom who agreed to do this with me, who is also a gynecologist. And the two of us are here today to hold open conversations about our bodies to encourage women to understand their private parts so they can ask the right questions, make informed decisions, have open conversations, and enjoy their bodies. So let's get into it. We'd like to begin today by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land in which we create this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Ora Nation, the Odom, the Papash, and the Potawatomi people. We pay our respect to elders past and present and acknowledge and respect their continual culture and contributions that they make to the life of these regions. So Val, can you tell us the significance of the acknowledgement of country? Great question, Mom, because I've actually had a few people ask me a question about this. But as some of you might have gathered, I live in Australia, where acknowledgement of country is a practice of showing respect to the land you're on and the First Nations people who have been living on and looking after that land for years and years. Someone once described it to me as a, with a simple analogy that I thought was really helpful, which is that it's like being a guest at someone's house or at their birthday party. So your acknowledgement of country is your way of just acknowledging your appreciation for being there and your thankfulness for being there. And I'll pop some more resources on acknowledgement of country into the show notes in case anyone is interested in learning more about it. When I was doing ACOG work, a part of our district involved the Canadian provinces. I find it's becoming more and more common in Canada as well. Yeah. Or even we went to a hockey game recently when I was back in the States, and they also did an acknowledgement of country on the Jumbotron before the hockey game. So it's something that I think in Australia, it's really common practice. I would say almost at every meeting you're going to do within your team, someone would do an acknowledgement of country. And it's nice to see that it's growing worldwide to pay respect to the land that we're in. But today we are in Athens, Greece. It's the last day of our trip. I can tell, probably tell by my name, Poulos, that I'm of Greek background. So we're here at my cousin's house. She generously let us use it, especially a picture in the background because this beautiful lady just helps represent part of what we're talking about today. Quite an old, old picture, but a really gorgeous lady in it. I'll put a snapshot of that up onto our show notes because it is a really beautiful photo. Of, looks like a woman making out with a dove, but... I think she's she's talking to it. Yeah, okay. She might be talking to it. But today is a mini episode and it's all about us. And we figure that since you've listened to or will be listening to the two of us chat about women's reproductive health, then it might be nice to get to know a bit more about us and our intentions behind this project. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode and learning more a bit about us. And of course, if you have any questions after listening to this episode, feel free to shoot them as a message to our Instagram account, which is not so private parts pod, or you can use our contact us form on our website, which is not so private parts.net. So hi mom, let's get started with how did you decide that you wanted to become a doctor and what made you want to get into women's health or more specifically urine gynecology? And also what the heck is urine gynecology? I kind of like when you say urine gynecology, it's, it's kind of accurate. Uh, so I knew since third grade, I wanted to be a doctor and I I felt, I felt as I was raising my kids, I felt bad for the ones who struggle with finding out what they wanted to be in life because I knew from such an early age I was going to be a doctor and I really quickly decided I wanted to be a surgeon. I was so fascinated with how the human body works. I wanted to know how to fix it when it wasn't working. 
I was thought about going into general surgery, decided that I really loved women's health better, was underserved. And urogynecology was a really new specialty when I started. So I headed a training in obstetrics and gynecology first. And the obstetrics part, I could handle like babies coming out are so cute and special. It's so magical to see a new birth, you know, new life come into this world. But I felt that that wasn't my passion. My passion was doing surgery on women and fixing them. And there were so few urogynecologists at that time, women who had bladders, prolapse, we deal with prolapse when organs fall out of the right place. It's kind of like having a hernia and the uterus and bladder fall down. And women who can't control their bladders, can't control their bowels, are having sexual issues, all fall into the realms of urogynecology. Because it was such a new specialty, there was so much to learn and ability to help women that had nowhere else to go really appealed to me. Mm. My mom is kind of a badass because from the way I've heard it, the program that she was wanting to do didn't exist. So then someone told you if you wanted it, you should write your own program. Is that right? Yeah, I went there. I was at a program in Chicago for my med school and residency, and they had a urogynecology fellowship. It was one of three in the country at that time. That's how old I am. And I looked in, I wanted to get a different experience, just train with other people. So your dad was had trained at Medical College of Virginia. They had three urogynecologists. Had. Nobody else had three. Most hospitals didn't even have one. So I wrote to them because back then we didn't email. We wrote letters. And I said, would you please uh, take me on as a train for a month? I went for a month during my residency. And then I said, you really are too selfish if you keep all this knowledge to yourself. So you need to share it. You should have a fellowship and I should be your fellow. And so it worked. They created the fellowship and I got to pretty much learn from three of the greatest urogynecologists very early in our specialty. That's amazing. And then now, what would you say, since you've been practicing for such a number of years, what is like the main aspect of your job and, and what is your favorite part of your job? My favorite part is the surgery. So not all of my patients have surgery. Most that come to us can be treated with non-surgical methods. We offer physical therapy, neuromodulation, which is kind of like nerve stimulation, some medications, lots of involving physical therapy retraining muscles. But when women's organs are falling out of place and they need to be repaired, that is so evolved since I started. So I love being able to do that in a minimally invasive manner, get women out of the hospital the same day. Very few of our patients stay overnight. When I started, it was usually a five-day hospital stay um, and help them get back to enjoying their lives and their bodies when they've been you know, usually suffering for years with their organs not working or not in the right place for them. Mm. She's like a modern day gynecological superhero. <laughs> That's not how I describe myself, but thank you, Val. That's how I describe it. But my, I'll just say my most recent love is actually hemorrhoids. I've gotten really into hemorrhoid training because that's a neglected specialty. But we'll, we'll do a whole episode on hemorrhoids later. I was recently at work drinks with my team that I work with. And I don't know why, but conversation was dying down. And I thought I would, we were talking about parents or something. And I said, oh, my mom is really passionate about hemorrhoids. And everyone started <laughs> laughing because I think they assumed that I was trying to make a joke. And I was like, no, generally she loves them. <laughs> she, she told me on her phone <laughs> the other day that hemorrhoids are her passion. And I love sharing that with people because she loves hemorrhoids. She's got a shirt and it says roid rage, more like hemorrhoid rage. And I also have a shirt like that. Rarely do I wear it in public, but I like it. It's a shirt. It's a sleepy shirt. Okay, Val, what do you think about having a mama's gynecologist? I like it. I, to be honest, growing up, I never thought about it because I feel that lots of young kids don't even know what their parents do, or if they do know what they do, they don't really know the ins and outs of it, nor do they really care. Because when you're a kid, you're really just 
concentrated. You're in your own world. You're not selfish, but you're really only thinking about your own little world. So I wasn't really thinking about my mom being a gynecologist. I think my earliest memory was once I was on the school bus. And since back then, we didn't really know what uteruses and ovaries and vaginas were. Someone, and who told us that you were a butt doctor? Did you tell us that? I think it was your sister. Anyway, someone <laughs> told us that my mom was a, a butt doctor. And since a butt was a or something that we knew, then one day I remember being on the bus and someone says, they're talking about what your parents do. And I said really proudly, well, my mom is a butt doctor. And I was so excited and my older sister pulled me aside after school, after we got off the school bus and basically said, Val, you cannot tell people that. That is really embarrassing. I was like, oh, I had no idea that it was embarrassing. I had no idea that it was embarrassing. I just thought it was kind of fun that this part of the body I knew my mom worked on. I also have a good friend, Jody, who once when we were driving and she found out that my mom was a gynecologist, said that she had this theory that... Anyone with a mom that's a gynecologist is a really awesome person because she happens to know a couple of people that she's good friends with that she really likes. And the main thing they have in common is that their mom is a gynecologist. So I'm not sure what the trend is, but maybe there's something there. One thing I really do appreciate it is I think I have pretty kind relationship with my body. And I think part of that comes from my mom being a gynecologist because I can remember from a very young age, my mom was in the bathtub and we were all the kids in there wasn't weird because we were kids and we also were just like a naked family when we were little kids and i remember her saying like oh what do you have questions about and we got to sit around and be like what is that pointing at her pubes she's like these are pubes and it was just very not like there was any stigma tied to it, it was just like this is our body let's talk about it and i feel like that has made me growing up always see my body in that way that it's this awesome collection of organs that is really just helping propel me through life. And I feel really lucky for that. And that definitely comes from my mom being a gynecologist, I think. Well, Val, so I hope uh, we don't leave people think we're too weird of a family, but yeah, we, we had baths together when they were little kids. Anyway, Val, I know you made some comments in the episodes that I never talked about birth control or birth control pills. I think you just forgot because I'm quite sure we had those combos. But anyway, what made you want to start this project, Val? Well, growing up, especially when I was in college, I remember that once people would find out my mom was a gynecologist, I would get such an influx of questions asking about discharge and if it was discolored and what it meant and people sending me pictures of it or lots of girls asking about birth control. I remember in our birth control episode, we talked about all the myths that get handed around about birth control, but also plan B. And so it was this time when we were finally going to live away from home. So I think people weren't around their support circles and also college is probably a time where people are being more I don't know, sexually experimental in a way, or just lots of new things were happening with our bodies. And I had so many questions coming towards me. And it's when I realized that one, how lucky I am to have a mom who's a gynecologist that is just one call away or one phone call away that I can ask questions to, but also how much that we as young women, women of all ages, really never learned this stuff, or at least I definitely didn't, and have so many questions that if you're going to Google, sometimes it's hard to know what's the right answer. And there's so many websites and I feel really lucky that I can always get really personalized advice from my mom if I'm questioning anything. And I'm sending her lots of questions all the time. Frequently pictures of right. random bumps yeah. and being like, well, what is this? Do I have herpes? So no. as, as doctors, I know that my colleagues and I can get really frustrated when people come in with all their Google research because we don't consider it research and having just put out this 
all the time about what people learn on Google from some pretty inaccurate sources. So our goal with this podcast is not to be super scientific, but really answering questions that you might not have time at your doctor's visit to ask, might be embarrassed to bring up with your doctor if you're not comfortable, or that you just you know didn't have time to get to. So uh, we're here really to be mythbusters, spread the truth, and make people more comfortable asking these questions. Yeah. And that being said, I mean, a lot of the questions come from me because in these early starting days, I have a lot of questions about these topics, but I know I'm not the only one. And our hope is that as more women start sending in questions or feel comfortable to send in questions, then we will have a variety of voices that are all asking questions so we can hear what are the myths that you've heard? And what are the things that you would love to ask a gynecologist if you got to sit down? Okay, mom, you kind of went and touched on it, but what about you? Why were you willing to do this project with me? Because you're my daughter and I'll do just about anything for you. And uh, I think we can answer some nice questions and help women get some accurate answers. Good answer. And then some of these topics we're going to talk about can be seen as taboo or something that women, especially maybe a mother-daughter duo, wouldn't feel comfortable discussing together. So what do you think makes us able to hold these conversations together? Because you have no filter. Definitely. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is maybe in some contexts I would have a filter with these. But I also think that you're just a very easy to talk to person. Well, my, my job is to talk about pelvic health, all aspects of it, even really intimate details that people may be afraid to talk about. And just to speak really directly to ask my patients questions, to try and get these even to find out what they're worried about by asking and talking to it without judgment. I just have to be able to talk about how the bladder works, the vagina works, the bowel works, all kinds of things that are not usually table, dinner table conversations. Mm -hmm. I think without judgment is an important point because like I was saying earlier, if we never learn this, how are we meant to know? So I'm really trying to drop any feelings of feeling bad that I'm asking silly questions or that I don't know about all these topics because how are you to know if the information was never presented to you? With that said, I think we're also hoping that this can be a pretty safe and inclusive space where we're all respecting and honoring each other's questions that we have and seeing that no question is a bad question because if you have one, chances are someone else has the same one. So that's one of my big hopes. Yeah, so our hope is that people will use that uh, question button on the website or Instagram to send us questions so we can hit the topics that are important to you. What is your hope for this podcast, Mom, if you're thinking... Dream world. Dream world that will be a resource for women that have questions and they can take a listen and learn a lot about the particular topics, whether they want to spread it to their daughters, their sisters, their friends, or just find out for themselves, listen to one episode that's an important topic for their own personal health. Love it. Love you, babe. Love you too. What are some topics that you're really excited to discuss during this project? Oh man, we're going to talk about painful periods. We're going to talk about sexual dysfunction. We're going to talk about infertility. We're going to talk about healthy pooping. We're going to talk about how the bladder works. And we're going to talk about, of course, hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids, her favorite. I'm pumped about all those topics. I'm honestly excited to learn anything. If I always said that if the only thing that happened with this podcast is that my mom and I got to have these chats and I got to learn, then that would be my... My whole goal would be realized because I really am interested in learning about this. I'm pretty pumped to talk about aging and aging with grace and how women can age with appreciation and body hair and what it's there for. Menopause, because I know nothing about it except stereotypes. So I'm pumped to talk about that. 
fertility and pregnancy because that just seems like the scariest time in life that is fast approaching. I'm excited for everything and I'm really happy to have all of you along in this journey with us. Like I said, if you have any other questions, feel free to send them through. We're both pretty open books, so happy to answer anything. And thanks so much for listening today. Remember that you can subscribe to Not So Private Parts on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can leave us a rating or a review, which is just always fun for us to see. You can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at Not So Private Parts Pod. Like we said, we're trying to grow our community of women so that we can spread the knowledge, but also spread the range of questions that we're getting and experiences that we're hearing about. So if you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. 